Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Maverick Mondays. I'm your host, Maverick Peters. It is my intention to change everything. Here on Maverick Mondays, we hear from some of the most incredible people. I've had the opportunity to sit down with some pretty fantastic people. The individuals who are successful or extremely positive-minded in the way they go about their daily lives, those are the people we will be hearing from on this show. The Maverick Mondays podcast has reached a milestone. At seven episodes, we have surpassed the average lifespan of a new podcast. Statistics show the new podcasts don't make it past seven episodes. I want to thank you guys. I want to thank the listeners, the fans, and the people who have supported me since the trailer for helping me get here. This podcast will change everything. And the lineup of people in the upcoming episodes just keeps getting better and better. So thank you for all that you have done for me. And thank you for all that you have done for the show. And stay tuned because we're just getting started. Our guest today routinely makes 50-foot sculptures of sand and snow. He has created the most magnificent creations and works of art that you have ever seen in snow and in sand. Our guest's name is Mark Mason. Mark is the leader and the founder of what he calls Team Santastic. They travel all over the place, hired by pretty much any and everybody looking for something that will catch people's eyes. Mark and Team Santastic have been featured on CNN and other news networks. Professional sand and snow sculpting is his primary occupation. He takes himself and his team to many Caribbean islands, Hawaii, South Africa, Australia, Canada, Mexico, South America, Europe, the Middle East, and all throughout the United States. They create projects that cause extensive media coverage and foot traffic for all clients. Shopping centers, conventions, fairs, festivals, and theme parks have been their staple clients. But throughout the years, Mark has won the title World Champion by coming in first place in the World Champion Sand Sculpture Competition in Canada. Titles also held by Team Santastic include first place at the American Sand Sculpting Festival, the Myrtle Beach Open, the Southeast U.S. Open Championship, and others. A couple years back in July, for the Georgia Stone Mountain Park, Team Santastic created the tallest sand sculpture ever hand-built in under 100 man-hours and continues to hold that current Guinness Book of World Record. It stood at 28 feet and 8 inches. Mark and his team have been hired out by very reputable organizations and companies. To name a few, Mark and Team Santastic have sculpted for American Express, Audi, Apple, BMW, CVS, Coca-Cola, FedEx, Ford, Fox, GE, Harley-Davidson, HBO, Hummer, Jeep, Miller Lite, Monster, NBA, NASCAR, NHL, Nike, The Olympics, Pepsi, Red Cross, Regal Theaters, Ritz-Carlton Resorts, Rolex, Sports Illustrated, Toyota, Universal Studios, Volvo, Disney World, and Warner Brothers, just to name a few. I can't tell you how humbled I am to be sitting across from Mark right now. Mark, thank you so much for doing this. What you been up to? Any recent projects? So we just finished last April, last month, April. We finished uh, a job where he flew in 17 international sculptors from around the world and carved for 11 days on 1,000 tons of sand in a 26,000 square foot tent. Wow. And uh, it was our seventh year doing this thing where people pay 
to get in the tent and tour through the sculpture and it's just going better and better and that's just one of our jobs and so what is the process like for you of creating a sand sculpture oh well first you have to get someone to buy it <laughs> and believe right. in it right um, I mean you could be just talking about the physical process how do you make a sand sculpture or you could say you know what is it soup to nuts to have a business where somebody doesn't know they need one to they just are happy they bought it I mean that's a long process mm -hmm. and uh, I think that's been the fun aspect of, of taking sales skills from other businesses or uh, uh, artistic skills from other mediums or construction skills from other uh, construction materials we steal from uh, uh, cement formwork in how we pack our sand uh, jumping jack power tampers and machinery to do really large ones to you know just packing sand into a five gallon bucket and flipping it upside down and pulling it off I mean you know it's just what we offer runs the gamut but um, the process is uh, lining up what the client wants and and exceeding that <laughs> um, what are some of the uh, the most extravagant or some of the most amazing things that you've created I mean I've seen such a podcast question is it? <laughs> yes. Tell me the most. <laughs> well, let's hear. I always is there... want it the most. I always want the big one. What's the... um, is there one project that really sticks out in your head? That you know, it's it's more of a it's more of a directions sometimes where we take things in in what you picture as a sand sculpture, and when people there are stages people go through to see in in sand sculpting knowledge. Let's let's just generally say that they hear about it they might hear your podcast they don't see me waving my hands on how big things are and they're like oh that sounds interesting but he's, he's making little sandcastles they've only got one thing in their head it's just these little sandcastles maybe they saw a sand sculpture contest where somebody had four hours and they're making something you know yay big see your, your reviewer doesn't understand or your listener doesn't understand how big my hands are going right now but that's about four hours for you know a family you know to right. work uh, a pro four hours you know bigger but um, some of the ones we're talking about couldn't fit in this room, you know, or couldn't fit in this. I've done ones larger than the building we're in. Wow. And I know how big the building is because I walked in. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, we hold one 52 feet high. Is that the only scale or the gauge of, of how impressed I want to say, oh, that's the one I liked the best? No, it's not. Um, to me, it's the avenues we take it. People have been married on our sand sculptures. Wow. And what an honor. Yeah. And that is too cool. Uh, time and again, we do proposals, you know, promposals, wedding proposals, and stuff like that. And as much as, like, you're buying stock, this past performance is not 100% indicative of, of future, you know. But we're 100% yeses on our proposals because this is a romantic, cool thing. Yeah. And I, I, I'm always like, I love when it's interactive. That's, that's my thing. So when you say, what's your favorite? My favorite is, is the ones that, that are special to these people, you know? And what is the, the coolest place you've created a sand sculpture? I know that you travel all around. Yeah. Um, you know, there have been some really interesting spots where we, where you wouldn't even expect a sand sculpture. We've dropped sand 
downtown Minneapolis, 75 tons on the sidewalk of a down, you know, we've uh, right in front of Grand Central Station in New York, we dropped sand and did a Starbucks sand sculpture and we had these, these you know, suit guys in suits walking by from Wall Street. They, they come and they've got, we've made a little beach there and Starbucks is handing out these, these summer drinks, you know, and here we've got these pictures of these guys in lounge chairs in suits with their shoes off drinking these things. It's just so fun. You're, and you know, here you are in the, in, the, in the thick of it. You made this thing that everybody's oohing and on over. So you get all the bonus and then you fly out because you know, there's a beginning and end and a finite end to a job where you, where you are finished, which is nice. It's not so nine to five where I'm going to be. I got to go down to the Starbucks sculpture again. You know, it's been eight weeks and Monday through Friday, I got to man this thing. It's never that way. And so now, then again, I'm going to I'm going to keep going with interesting locations because those are some of the unique like I didn't expect sand to be there locations. We've carved uh, we carved 150 tons at Disney Hong Kong three times over the summer. So we a team of us went in, carved it. One sculptor stayed for three more weeks just to keep it performance art. Two more sculptors flew in. We recarved it to something completely different. Another sculptor stayed two more weeks, or you know, one one stayed two more weeks. Two others came in. The three of us carved it into it. Absolutely, you know, we had to show them that not only is it different, now it can be something way different. And those were too fun because everybody everybody thought the first carve was the only thing that could be made out of that sand. And then you show them, you know, that sand is so malleable that we can make anything out of it, and that blew them away. I mean, from my experience, sand is extremely malleable. So how do you keep something that's 50 feet tall, you know, that's something bigger than this building, how do you keep that together? Well, you know, I mean, machinery is working weeks in advance before we get there to push something up that big, you know. Uh, you're, you're climbing up the back of it, and it takes you 15 minutes to get to the top <laughs> to start carving these things. But uh, the elements are so big. And what we do when we carve things is collage them together to, to have them support each other. That that is the way you design large elements, let alone small sculptures. I've got a book here and I can show you kind of some of the, the tricks, tips, tools, and techniques of professional sand sculpture. And so I'm going to ask you this question that I'm sure you've been asked 42 billion times. Uh -oh. How'd you get into it? Well, because this is a unique... There's usually no barrier. You usually just step right in. And, uh, and and you're there. Usually, usually you're in in a pile of sand carving, you know, and maybe there's a little little banister or something, and they say, "How'd you get into this?" And you go, "Oh no, I just stepped over that." <laughs> da -da 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 -da. They caught me um, off guard for a second. Now, my secondary answer to that is probably just as flippant, but it's true. It's it's a hobby gone crazy, and I just I've always liked the fact that that it, to pursue a hobby to the utmost will impress people enough to say, I want to go see what he does with it. How, how far has this guy taken this, this weird thing that everybody does it, had done as a child to this crazy level? Let's go see. You know? And because it's ephemeral, they kind of have to see it live or see it in, you know, for that time it's going to be on display. They can't just go, oh, I hear that's downtown now. Let's, you know, let's go down you know, next month when I'm in it. No, you have to go see it now. And that's valuable to marketers. You know, they want those eyeballs. They want to know when they're coming. They want to know, you know, we've captured them and, and who brought it to you. You know, it's Subway, you know, right. because we carved a 40-foot sub. 
at Navy Pier in Chicago. Wow. <laughs> that's exactly what we did. Wow. <laughs> I'm pulling from life here. Um, yeah, no, that's been fun. So it was a hobby gone wild. Hobby gone wild. And so were you always artistic and a little artsy as a kid? Craft. Okay. Uh, safety scissors and construction paper, and I was good for the day. I just loved making things. But I didn't covet having them. My mom said, you work on something all day. And then at the end, you just, you know, wrinkle it up and throw it away. Okay, so you don't fancy yourself an artist. You know, I guess... I guess I've heard so many people say I'm an artist, and, and I want to call the you know, what's the I want to break it to the emperor. I want to call the emperor <laughs> naked when when I see what they do. And I'm like, okay, um, so I'm I'm wary of that title that people want to throw around about themselves. So I try not to do it myself. I'm a professional sand sculptor, and that usually is more specific than an artist. But you're a sculptor, so it's in there. People say, oh. You can say I'm an artist. When you could have a 150-ton sand sculpture that's being tricked out, and a guest comes up and they say, "Oh, are you an artist too?" And when they ask that, you realize what they're asking: Do you paint? Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, here you are, you're sculpting, you're a sculptor, but that's not an artist in them unless you paint. <laughs> so, right. and it's always funny. You're like, "Well, yeah, you know, I do paint," but. <laughs> And they don't realize that you're you're answering their question that they didn't know that they were asking so specifically. Right. Most you know, people don't see it that way. Yeah. So your definition of artist might be different than whatever. You, you're you're a little more brief. You've seen what we've done. You've seen a book or you've seen the pictures and stuff like that. This person walking up and saying, are you an artist? Their definition of artist. Is I am not it right. unless I paint because I can make sandcastles all day and they can be great. But you're not an artist because... There's nothing on a piece of canvas that is oil and looks like you know, a person. <laughs> um, am I an artist? So, so, professional sand sculptor. I mean, we didn't break that apart. I said sculptor. Yeah, you're. You know, that's an artist, right? But it's an oxymoron too. Professional sandcastles. I mean, that's like no sandcastles can't be professional. There's this oxymoron that just blows people away that you took it that seriously, and I just love that aspect. There, there was something um, I hate to I hate to talk about the competition here, but something on NPR just the other day mm -hmm. that they had tiddlywinks. You know what a tiddly? It's technically a game where you where you two little tabs you flip it into a cup and everything like that. But there were professional tiddlywink players that traveled around and did this, and they were great. And they talked about the art and the art and the math of it and all. And I was like, that is cool because they have taken something as crazy and stupid you know lowbrow as tiddlywinks and said i'm a professional tiddlywinks player i just love that that sounds crazy <laughs> yeah i was like how do i get this guy's phone number because <laughs> i don't know why i want to talk to him but I, I found i found a brother there so um, in your own mind you don't consider yes. yourself an artist i didn't say that <laughs> so you do you do consider yourself an artist well you know i believe what we do is an art okay. yes i do and i make that art so i'm, I'm getting to the definition of um, and if I make what I consider an art <laughs> ephemeral as it is then yes I am an artist okay oh God string those words together <laughs> I don't think I've done that in a long time so like most creators of art uh -oh. they leave their signature somewhere in the art do you ever do that with sand sculptures you know I did for quite some time um, when I had young boys that would see me go on the road 
a lot. And when I came back, I would always tell them, oh, I hid your initials in the sculpture. And I had a C for Chase and Z for Zach, my boys. And there was a symbol, a CZ that I kind of interlocked, and I would hide that somewhere, somewhere in the sculpture, and, and always make sure I had and, it. In the and picture they had to somewhere. go find it. Well, they didn't see the pic, you know, the, in the pictures, yes. Yeah. And some were, some were kind of blatant, and they were, they were like, "Oh my God, you made that really, you know, you, you embedded that in it." Look cool. So you hid their, that you hid their initials in the yes. sculptures. For a while, there were CZs, and and I would be very consistent about that. And then once you miss one, you're like, "Oh, okay," or you know, so. You go back in my in my history of sculpture pictures, and maybe you'll find some CZs. <laughs> <laughs> and how often do you have a job? Well, um, when you say me... Uh, team Santastic. See, there you go. Um, like we did one yesterday. We had a corporate team building event for 90 people in Fort Lauderdale, and three sculptors went down and taught those people, and did their logo ahead of time, and... and then put them through their paces and team them up and had them participate in these corporate sculptures they make. It's the best thing ever. And we've only talked about display sculptures. 40% of our business is corporate team building events. So, you know, taking these, these different offshoot and avenues, there's really no, oh, you have to do this if you're a sand sculptor. We balance rocks. We rake art. Rake art is an amazing thing. What is that? Ah, so yeah, I get to tell you. Um, do you, you know what uh, uh, crop circles are? Sure. Okay. It's crop circles in the sand. Wow. They're that big, if not bigger. You uh, you use the idea that, that high tides coming in and then low, low tides going out wash the sand perfectly level and true their better locations, even though now drones are invented. But uh, locations are usually next to a cliff, so you can get really high and see these things. And when you rake it, it roughs the sand up. So when light hits it across, it darkens it up because it makes shadows out of that rough. And you can make these awesome patterns or logos or you know things that, that uh, are seen from above. And, these, and, and then you realize that that person is that big down there. <laughs> Here's this, this design you've made. That's amazing. It's really fun. Sometimes it takes you know a stick, a string, and running around with a rake in your hand. And you said it's fun. Is it ever not fun for you? I mean, just hearing the way you talk about it, you seem to love it and have this... Big picture, it's the funnest thing I could think of doing. Because if there was something more fun, I'd probably be out trying it. Because right. I've done pretty well with this and I have the opportunity to go do what the hell I want. But day to day, you know, when you've got uh, weather, or I hate to say weather because not, weather has really not put us back, but maybe tough sand. We, we just did a job. Um, called one of our dine-in sand sculptures. People are going to have dinner inside one of our sand sculptures. We ergonomically design seats that they sit in, in sand, put a table in there. They've got backing all in sand, little curly cues, everything sand, logos out front of sand. So, you know, they're going to sit in a sand sculpture. In called a sand a castle? Sand in a sand castle. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. It's, it's these avenues that I take, we take. And um, so we get out there, and it's just the two of us and we're going to shovel what it's going to be a lot of sand but usually you just throw it up and it is so hard it is we should have brought a pickaxe but we didn't have it and we have to have this thing done in three and a half hours you know so here we are just chiseling away at the sand trying to get it up and that's hard my back hurt my shoulders hurt after that my neck hurt so could you say you know do you like all the jobs are they all fun no that sucked am i happy 
you know, who else, who, who better than us to do it? Because in three and a half hours, no one else is going to know how to, to shape that sand once you get it up. But um, the big picture behind me, I love that we did that. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how big is your team right now? Right now, I'm keeping four sculptors full-time busy. And we draw from nine to 12 independent contractors when we have, let's say, three jobs going on the same day. You know, one job has four guys on it, one job has two guys. And then, you know, it's feast and famine, too. It's We could have a week off. Nobody's doing nothing. So you have to have a, you know, a sculptor making their living at doing this also has to not be bored when there's downtime or have another second job or do something, you know. Right. But um, yeah, it's, it's the stars align when you get a guy that can go on the road and, and do this. Or a girl. Is it hard to find someone? Like, how do you find a sculptor? You know, usually a, a, an amateur contest. Uh, just kind of stroll an amateur contest and you see a guy who is into it, on time, shoveling his heart out, <laughs> making something cool. You don't even need to win it. You just need to see gumption. And uh, you give your card. You tell them who you are. Oh my God, I was online. I, I know who you are. <laughs> hey, you want to you want to come try out? We got a local job, you know, next month or something like that. And and uh, you 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 make sure you fuse them into a job where it's not just you know two guys. And now you brought this newbie. You know, it's four guys, and you know, you give him a little section and see what he does. And people have have been on the road for 20 plus years because it started that way. It is really cool to make the cut. Before you mentioned Starbucks, what are some other big ones that you've worked for? You know, we just we just did a corporate team building event for IBM for 450 people. You know, that it was a that was a beach full of tools. <laughs> we had we had truckloads of tools coming let alone uh, what do we have 17 of my team teaching them a huge logo not quite this room but three quarters of this room it just you know on an angle of IBM so they could all surround it and take that initial group shot you know I mean it's just it was it was a to-do but you're asking for people I don't know everybody coca-cola Cisco I don't know I mean I just it's and how do they find you everybody (laughs) you wouldn't believe it I mean it's just every car company we've covered the the grand uh, the world debut of the BMW 330i and they, they snug it out on the beach and then we had a pile about that size and then we'd measure the bumper and we'd carve the bumper and we'd measure the headlight and we'd carve the headlight and this was people thought there was a car under that sand because it looked like it was, it was spot on you know and then they bring all their VIPs out and, and we did the exact same thing for Florida Explorer in California we go drop sand on Venice Beach and the VP of of Ford is out there presenting not his car but our sand sculpture as the announcement to Florida Explorer. I mean, it's just been it's been crazy fun like that. That is really cool. Yeah. And have you ever had any setbacks? I mean, I guess you know because you you know the medium of, of, of sand sculpture that it is kind of precarious and and every sand has different abilities. And as a professional, you start to recognize them early, but you will push them to a limit in every job. So you want to you want to say, you know, gosh, if, if I could make a character with his arm sticking out and I need a, a rock underneath it to support it, can I do that? Or do I have to do that? 
and you don't know until maybe you you did something else and it fell and you go oh, okay I, I start to know what this you know what cantilevering I can do in the sand so is that a setback it's almost an intentional setback on the, on the small scale of saying I am going to carve the sand until it falls but then I'll know something about the sand and I won't make those those larger mistakes that are more important you know so is that a setback now is have we ever like come to the last little piece and the whole thing collapses no <laughs> that's just it's kind of our bread and butter in making people think that it is that precarious but it's not it's a pretty good medium in the fact that we pack it as hard as we do and, and kind of create increased surface tension due to the compaction we get out of it coca-cola comes to you with um, with their idea of what they want to do. Okay. Do they present it to you in artwork? Do they say, hey, we want to come up with something and then you got to come up with the artwork? Well, I, 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 like, the, I like the thinking that Coca-Cola came to me because they didn't know how to make a sand sculpture. So if they come to me and they said, we thought this all out, you need to do this, I'm worried because they didn't know how to do a sand sculpture, yet they, they're telling me what to do. <laughs> Why don't you just do it yourself if, if you knew exactly what to do? Well, we don't know how to make a sand sculpture. Well, let me be involved in, 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 in how far we can stick that hand out, you know, that, that design aspect of it. Um, it's so often the idea that we're dealing with, uh, we're vying for a marketing dollar. They didn't come thinking they needed a sand sculpture per se. They they need they needed something to draw as that some character or some you know announcement they're going to make or a convention booth you know, and they say people love sand sculptures. Come do something you know, and then we start to go well you know what's your convention about? Oh, it's all about our new product and and the new pop top. Well, let's do your pop top huge you know things out of scale impress people and they're like oh yeah that's a great idea now now we're starting to to put the design together that's going to hold well in sand and and we know what what goes well and they never would have thought that 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 pop top could be you know three feet big on a six foot table and they're like wow that you know so that's how we like to collaborate and, and work with folks on on thinking i'm going to pull from 32 years of traveling the world sand sculpting and give you my best knowledge on how to be impressive because I think I started this whole thing is happy client at the bottom at the end of the event you want a happy client and they're gonna be happiest if you give them the best thing that you've seen done out there so I was just gonna ask you is there anything that you've learned from you said 32 years yeah of sand sculpting <laughs> but it sounds old to you <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that you've learned like what are some life lessons you've picked up from this gosh or the biggest one you know, I don't want to be cliche and say follow your passions, but you know, there's a lot of time in every day. And for people to say, oh, I can't do something because i um, got a job here or something like that, don't think of this hobby you've got on the side as something that you can't build on and can't, and can't get so good at or learn more of that all of a sudden people are paying you to do it. And if that takes over your business, it, now you're doing something you love. I mean, you know, I, I, can, I can steal quotes from folks and they say, what, if you love what you do, you never have a day of work, you know? I mean, people pay me to go to the beach and make sandcastles. I mean, I, I, I wanna whisper this to you because I pinch myself. 
they don't realize I do it for free. I just love making sandcastles. So it's what a hoot. Right. What a hoot. Um, but if you get paid for it, so much better. This energy and this this feeling that I'm getting from you where, you know, you just love what you do and you do what you love. I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, but, it's a business too. Right. <laughs> but there are people out there who don't have the same experience where they wake up every morning and they might not necessarily love what they do. They just go out to make ends meet. What advice can you give that can you give that kind of person who might be a fantastic person, might be a great person, but he you know he struggles with motivation from time to time. If I kind of cap, I want to capture that for somebody because I understand that um, that there is a lot of time during the day, you know, and if you're making ends meet and this and that, when you come back you don't maybe don't just sit and watch TV or something like that or you know play games on the computer. Even though everybody would love to get paid to play games on computer, I'm sure. I'm sure when people say, "Oh, your hobby, get paid for," it's like, "Oh, I want to get paid playing Game Boy or whatever it is." You know, pursue unique interests wholeheartedly. A suggestion of 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 how to be passionate about things. Adversity. Someone from the outside comes to you and say one of two things: either what are you doing? You're wasting your time. I'm, I'm talking about it at the beginning before oh uh, yeah I'm kidding <laughs> yeah and they're like come on you're making sand sculptures come on you're wasting your time or someone comes to you and says you know you should really do it like this and they have no no say in the matter I still say that <laughs> <laughs> so what do you how do you handle that or how, how did you handle that um, I mean now I handle it by just scoffing and <laughs> saying you know you have no idea dude but um, back then you know um because I, no, this wasn't a possible profession. You don't, you don't go into a world of sand sculpting and think you're going to make money or anything. You like sort that. of created this profession. Well, no, no. See, I can't say that. There were other people doing it, few and far between back then. But I found them. I tracked them down. This was well before computers. I went to the library, and using the Dewey Decimal System. Um, I found in the card catalog, <laughs> I pulled it out, and it, there was a Newsweek, or Newsweek magazine article on somebody that made sandcastles in California. And he had a unique name. And I said, unique name? There can't be many of those. I found them in the phone book, in the paper phone book. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? I, exactly. You can't, this was well before computers, before Google was even invented. Um, and I dropped dimes into a phone booth. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, but, now you're still like old. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really going back. Um, and, and I called them and talked to them. And I said, hey, listen, I just read an article on you, but I make sandcastles too. And I was just, just messing around doing a contest in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, we got along. He was like, he found a brethren just like I did. And uh, he said, come up and help us work on this thing in uh, South Carolina. I drove up on my own nickel and worked for him for more than two weeks for free in South Carolina. Loved every second of it, and he hired me from there. And how old were you? God, that's a good question. 25 or 26. Yeah. And still fresh in the hole. Well, I, it's it's weird. I had been um, I had been sand sculpting through high school and and college once a year. At the, at, at the Fort Lauderdale contest every 4th of July. And uh, 
doing something unheard of, which is actually had some guys that really loved to do it with me, and they would rely on me to come up with the theme, come up with the, you know all the artwork and the design, who's going to do what, and this and that. So I was kind of coordinating this, and one year out, drew a blank. I, I don't know where to carve. I don't know where to carve. And that's where it started me going to the library and looking up and found that article. And that, it's, it snowballed from there. The name of the podcast is Maverick Mondays. Mondays generally suck, <laughs> right? Okay. So we've all been there. We've all been like, ugh, Monday. So the purpose is, you know, you tune in to Maverick Mondays and you get a little shot of a little jump start, you know, for, for your week. Uh-huh. Have you ever had that feeling, being that you're do, you do what you love and you love what you do? Have you ever had that Monday where it's just like, ugh, you know, back to Monday. I, the weekend was so awesome. A nice time to relax. Have you ever had that Monday feeling? And if you did, how did you get out of it? Well, there is this aspect of what we do that I'll, I won't say I, I dread, but it ain't my, it ain't my favorite. It's uh, performance art when a sculpture is done and you just need to sit in front of it almost. That you're there for touch-ups or talking to people and you, you, because you can't work on it because it's finished, and as much as no sculpture is ever finished, you could always find more of sand and keep it rolling. Um, your your goal is not to be as productive as you can. It's to just be there. And boy, I'm not a big just sit there guy and perform quote unquote performance art. You know, hanging out at it. So that to me is the tough one. And and I have played games with myself on on trying to get through that that Monday blues. I got I got to be here. So what am I going to do? And uh, I will. I guess I, I try to embrace it. I try to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make the best of this. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to these people and try to get them to all understand some some unique aspect of what we've carved here. Or because this is a convention, I know the I know our, our client wants these folks to remember the specific thing from the sculpture. I'm going to keep repeating it until the client says, oh my God, I'm just so sick of hearing you say that. You know, because it, it, it is a cycle that you can, you can say, I'm going to keep working this piece somehow um, and, and, and push myself to do that rather than hum and haw and take a, a, an hour and a half lunch. Right. So I've seen some of your work and to me, it, it's mind blowing every time. It's like watching fireworks or the sunset. I mean, it's, just, it's incredible every time. But so, ephemeral, like fireworks or the sunset. Right, right. <laughs> okay. And so, um, so people really have to see what you do to really get the full. I did. I talked about the three stages. We, we, you're hearing about it. You'll see pictures. You go to our website and, and I tell you, you could look at this book all day and then I could bring you to one and you'd still say the words I hear over and over again. I had no idea. Because even in these books or, the, or on the website, you have no idea the impact of, of 30 tons of sand right in front of you, uh, this tricked out thing where you're, you're like, oh my God, how did you get up there? I mean, there's all these questions run through your head. And that's, that's been so fun, those three stages of not knowing, you know, hearing about pictures and then seeing one live. So how can they see the pictures? How can they get a step closer to, to seeing it in person? What is that website? Get to that second step, see yeah. some pictures. Team Sand with a D, tastic.com. That's awesome. Mark, thank you so much for taking the time. Is there anything you want to add? Anything in particular? No, I think we hit it all. Awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. A pleasure.
Each episode here on the Maverick Mondays podcast is about 30 minutes long, sometimes less, sometimes a little more. At the end of each episode, we will briefly recap and highlight some of the important points. This will help us utilize the information we just heard so that we can not only remember, but take to heart what was just discussed. What really struck me in my conversation with Mark Mason was two things. Number one, his attitude. Mark is extremely positive, so relaxed. He has so much fun with life. Mark has such a fun personality, and he was such a pleasure to talk with. There's no question that he not only found his successes through his creativity and skills as a sculptor and artist, but in his charismatic personality as well. Also, Mark always went back to his team. Team is very important to him. He would always use the words we and us, always including those people who helped bring him up to where he is today. Here are some great takeaway points from our conversation. Number one, exceed expectations. If you're a student or if you're an employee, show your teacher or employer or even your coworker how dedicated you are. Two, if it's something you love, go for it. Mark had a simple hobby, sandcastle building, and he turned it into a passion and found a way to make so much money from it. Three, life is like a sand or snow sculpture. You can often work so hard on one thing, on one area, and then along comes a tide or weather or just an annoying little kid, and then you lose it all. Don't let that bring you down. Learn from it. Change locations, change techniques, tweak things here and there. Four, make your mark and leave your mark. Don't be afraid to express yourself and don't be afraid to push your limits. See what you're made of. Chances are you're made of greatness. Five, it's the people with the heart the people who put their heart and their soul into something. People take note of them, and it's that passion that if you can develop it, it will carry you from one success to another. The next step is for you to do your part. If you truly want to grow and become the best version of you, and yeah, I mean the best version of you, listen to each episode of the Maverick Mondays podcast once, twice, maybe even three times. Pull out a pen and paper or your phone or your laptop and take notes. These are real life lessons that will pull you out of some of the most unmotivating Mondays. Thank you for joining us.